Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the all-new, brand-new Russell Wortham Show coming to you live, as always, commercial-free from my super-secret Batcave. Folks, we are back, and back in the middle of greatness. Okay, very quickly. So, uh, I had a number of uh, friends, family... Uh, people that have listened to this show reach out to me and say, you know what, don't stop doing the show because this show is a good outlet for you. And I was like, yeah, you're right. You were absolutely 100% correct. So I'm back. Uh, I am essentially, this is going to be the last hybrid show, if you will. Okay, this is going to be the last uh, show where I'm going to do sports and WWE. Going forward, I am doing nothing but WWE slash wrestling. That's what brought me to the dance. That's that's what brought me to the uh, podcasting uh, dance. Uh, all those years ago. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm also starting this upcoming week. Okay. I am going to uh, start to really just dive in. Because I I, I thought about it. And I thought, well, uh, I just feel like I just need to get this out this week. But next week, uh, I am uh, going to try to go back to uh, using Audacity to uh, record and edit, try to upload it through uh, here on Anchor, the good folks at Anchor. uh, I am very grateful for their help in distributing this show to the masses. And I am very grateful to everybody who has uh, come out and to uh, basically share their their thoughts with me. Uh, I cannot guarantee, and this is the only thing I'm going to say about this, I cannot guarantee that my anxiety, that my depression won't flare up like it did. Again, I can't guarantee that. But I will do my darndest, okay? I will do my darndest to uh, go in and to really make this the very best show that I can. It's just, that's... That's my pledge to you guys. So, <clears throat> there's that. So, today, like I said, is going to be the last hybrid sports slash WWE show. Next week, when I really get back into things just full on, it's going to be uh, just straight WWE going forward. Alright? So, uh, there's that. I uh, wanted to share with you guys in our sports uh, segment, if you will. I wanted to share with you guys my thoughts on not just college football, but college sports could be in jeopardy during this fall. You already have the Big Ten, so that's Upper Midwest, right? That's Michigan, Ohio, Iowa, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois, Indiana, that area. You've got the Pac-12, so it's basically all up and down the uh, west coast of the country of the United States starting 
up in Seattle with the University of Washington and going straight on down, down through Oregon, down through the California schools, <clears throat> on into, uh, on into, well, Arizona, uh, and then they also have, uh, the University of Colorado up in Boulder, which is basically right around the Denver area, Denver, Colorado, and, uh, the University of Utah in Salt Lake City, Utah. They are all saying, no, we're not playing. We're just not playing in the fall, period. Football and basketball. So, uh, here's the deal. At what point does the other conferences, and, and, and look, this is not any political show. I am not trying to uh, disparage anybody, you know, that lives in, you know, different parts of the country. I'm just, this is just, this is a historical argument. And the historical argument is this. That we may not be physically fighting with each other. Okay, in terms of the Civil War. But make no mistake that the Civil War has just raged on. 2020, we're still fighting the Civil War. You watch <clears throat> any bit of Congress, okay, out in the floor of the House or the Senate. You watch uh, a committee hearing now this is not a perfect uh, ideological you know split okay this is not a perfect north south split but essentially the northern uh, the northern congress people again not a perfect split but the northern people are democrats the southern people are republicans Pardon me. That, my friends, is where we're at. And so, for the Atlantic Coast Conference, the ACC, the Southeastern Conference, the SEC, for the Big 12, all Southern conferences, a few outliers, okay, uh, Iowa State, you know, Iowa State, um, you know, for the uh, Big 12. But, but essentially, it's a north-south ideological split. But at what point do those three conferences look and say, huh, well, in terms of media markets, because that's what drives sports. That's what drives ratings. The president is fixated on ratings. He is just that that's that's all he wants to talk about is ratings. Ratings, 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 more ratings. I've got the best ratings out of everybody, you know. You you you've heard all this. But the thing is, the two biggest media markets right here, okay, where I am, we are the sixty second biggest media market radio television either one we're the 62nd biggest uh media market in the country we're basically middle of the road where where i am and but you go to los angeles you go to new york that's one and two and those are interchangeable okay i believe new york is one and Los Angeles is two. Or if it's Los Angeles is one, New York is two. I mean, it's it's just that simple. Those two media markets drive everything. They drive everything. And so, 
where <clears throat> where's the split at? Well, Big uh, Big Ten, your major uh, media market closest to New York is in Piscataway, New Jersey. Okay, that's where Rutgers is. And so you've got that area. That's that's your number one media market right there. That's where Rutgers is, basically in that New York, you know, metro <clears throat> area. <clears throat> the number two media market, well, that is in Los Angeles. You've got UCLA, uh, you got say UCLA, you got USC. Both basically in that area. Now you could you could argue, well, no, um, UCLA is actually you know in Westwood. Okay, fine, splitting hairs. But for all intents and purposes, you've got the two biggest media markets that you're not going to see football in, at least locally. And so at what point do the uh, members of the SEC, the ACC, <clears throat> and uh, the uh, Big 12 look at, oh great, well, we're losing the two biggest media markets, so who's going to really watch us on a weekly basis? And now, they can say, oh, but we, we're playing, you know, towards the end of next month. That's fine. That's great. But let's be honest with ourselves and each other here. This is a pandemic. The biggest pandemic of our lifetimes. Okay? And we cannot just put our heads in the sand... And pretend like it just doesn't matter. We can't. We have to look at it and we have to say to ourselves, okay, well, what is the biggest challenge for us? Right now, that's keeping people safe. I was watching <clears throat> the news and it was, <clears throat> it was really interesting because they were saying that they were seeing cases, I mean, it's all over, but they were seeing cases in Florida, okay, that's Florida, Florida State, and Miami, ACC, SEC. In Alabama, that's Alabama, Auburn, that's SEC. Mississippi, it's Ole Miss, SEC. <clears throat> Uh, in Oklahoma, it's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Big Twelve. <coughs> me. So, uh, so <coughs> you have SEC, ACC, and by my reckoning. You had 10 institutions in the South right now uh, that are affected. Now, are there more than just those 10? Absolutely. <clears throat> but if you are in the ACC, Big, uh, the uh, the uh, the Big Twelve, the SEC. If you are in basically one of those three conferences, you have to look at yourselves and say, "This is really worth it this year." Uh, just before I came on uh, on the air, I was seeing uh, that BYU was trying to set up a uh, game with Troy. 
Uh, I believe they're in the Sun Belt Conference, but that's still South. Now, again, I'm not trying to disparage the South. That's not what this is. Every conference has to make up their own mind. Every conference has to make up their own mind as far as do we do this? Do we have a... Uh, do we do do we do we do this? Do we do this? And the answer is, I don't know. You have to look at the money situation. You have to look at the level of infection rates. You have to look at all that. What bothers me is that Major League Baseball. Okay, could you have played in a bubble? I mean, it would have been tough, but I think you could have done what the NHL is doing, which is you have a site on the West Coast, you have a site on the East Coast, and you just play from very early in the morning on up through, you know, 10, 11, you know, at night. You, You play games. Throughout the day. And. I, I I think you could have. Made a go out of it. Uh, so let's say. Sake of argument. Let's say you have. A site in. Uh, Phoenix. Okay. And one in. Tampa. Just throwing out two. Uh, <clears throat> two different cities. And you say, all right, all the American League teams, you're going to be uh, congregating in Tampa. All the National League teams, you're over in Phoenix. And that's where you're staying for the next, you know, 100 days. And, but that's the thing. And I get it. Players don't want to be away from their families. They don't want to be away from their loved ones. I get that. But the thing is, if you wanted a season that went on without a hitch, you're not getting that. As far as I know, and I could be wrong, it's, I mean, I, I, I could be wrong, but the St. Louis Cardinals can't even get on the field. Uh, <clears throat> earlier in the week, they had uh, a series postponed uh, playing against Detroit. St. Louis can't even get on the field. So if you can't even get one of your oldest in terms of franchise, you know, history, one of your oldest teams out there. And if you can't even, if you can't even just say, okay, well, maybe we can do things. No, if you can't even do that, then I know that baseball is important. Okay. It's something that is normal. Or as normal as we can get. Even without fans and all that. But Rob Manfred needs to shut this thing. Now look, I understand that we're already a quarter of the way through the season. But I am worried about the game disparity. What if one team can only play 40 45 games out of 60. How do you seed them? I mean, can you seed them? I I don't think you can. And then you've got people that are looking at this and saying, but gosh, Russ, aren't you just being just even the slightest bit too sensitive? Yeah, maybe. But I look at this in terms of not just player safety, but they go back to their homes. This is not a bubble situation. Okay? They go back to their homes. They go... Major League Baseball players can go 
wherever they want. There, there's a, a pitcher, and I can't remember the name, and I, I apologize. But there's a pitcher for the Cleveland Indians that was uh, suspended uh, by his team for breaking uh, pandemic protocols. Going out with people. Going going to, uh, you know, bars and, and, and stuff. And he, he's since apologized, and I can... I guess I can accept that apology, but I mean, what my point is to all this is this, and I don't want this to sound like I'm angry, okay? I'm just trying to lay this out as even as I can. When this whole thing started, and this was clear back, I mean, the first known cases in this country, in the United States of America, was in early March. So, five months ago. But we had COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, on our radar as clear back uh, <clears throat> as uh, as January. So from January till now, so for eight months, we have figured, okay, well, we know that this is a thing. We know that this is out there. And I know that some people, again, this is not a political show, okay, but I know that some people will say, but gosh, Russ, pardon <coughs> me, but gosh, Russ, didn't Dr. Fauci <coughs> say no masks back in March? Yes. There's a but though. Yes, but you have to you have to widen it out. You have to look at the entire context of what he said. And what Dr. Anthony Fauci said was and I I'm paraphrasing, I, I apologize, but he essentially said if okay, if we can socially distance if we can wash our hands and if we can wash down surfaces, if we can do those three things, I don't think we need to wear masks. I don't think we will need to wear masks. Now, the other reason why he said that he didn't think that, you know, in, in proper context, if we did those three other things, that we didn't need to wear a mask at the time, back in March, was because. There was a shortage, there still is a shortage of personal protective equipment, PPE, for our frontline healthcare workers. And so he, being Dr. Fauci, was saying, you know what, we need to keep those masks for our frontline healthcare workers workers and so now you you fast forward to just today just today the presumptive uh, democratic nominees Kamala Harris and Joe Biden in Delaware called for governors to have a uh, you know for call for governors to have a mandatory mask rule mandate if you will for the next three months at the very bare minimum whether or not that will happen who knows what's my point well my my point is this, and again, 
I am not trying to, I'm not trying to, uh, upset anybody, I'm not trying to cast aspersions, I'm not trying to do any of that, I'm just simply telling you facts, okay, if we had done, look, if you don't want to wear a mask, I, I, I guess I can't stop you, a- except to say, okay, that, uh, if we socially distanced, okay, staying six feet apart and all that, when we're out in public, if we washed our hands, and if we washed things like desks, tables, cabinets, chairs, uh, and the like, then, uh, you know, counters and all that, if we just did those three things, then we would be having college football. I believe uh, we would be having college football. But because we didn't do those things, and because some of you, again, not trying to shame anybody, not trying to shame anybody, I'm not angry, I'm just giving you straight facts. That with some of you saying, well, it's my personal freedom. Okay, fair enough. But your personal freedom is is infringing on my ability to watch sports. Your feeling of a loss of personal freedom in not wearing a mask and all that is why the Big Ten and the Pac-12 said it's not worth playing sports this year. And, and so, let's not get overly uh, upset, I guess, when people are saying, you know what, we don't really, uh, we don't really know about playing football this year. It's to those people who don't want to wear a mask. And, I mean, I can give you example after example after example. But, essentially, this is the deal. For those of you who don't want to wear a mask, while I don't agree with that assessment, I guess on some level I can respect it, but, here's the but, but, you have to think, okay, well, I may not want to wear a mask for my protection, but I'm doing it for my friends, for my family, for my coworkers, for whomever you think you want to protect. And isn't that worth it? Again, I'm not trying to shame anybody. I'm just simply saying, isn't it worth it? the opportunity to wear a mask. Masks save lives. Masks help to stop the spread and transmission of this virus. You want the virus to go away, I want the virus to go away. But if you don't want to wear a mask, can you please just do the other three things? For the next three months, can you please, please, if you don't want to wear a mask, I'm not telling you that you have to, but if you don't want to wear a mask for the next three months, could you please do the other three things? Wash your hands, socially distance yourself, and wash surfaces. Could you please do those three things? For the next three months. You don't want to wear a mask? That's fine. I'm not going to mask shame anybody. But do those three things. I know people. And I'm sure you know people. 
that have uh, compromised immune systems. But if you don't want to protect those people, I mean, again, I can't stop you. But it's it's just one of those things that I want this virus to go away. You want this virus to go away. We all want this virus to go away. But we have to work at it. We have to band together, help each other out. I know that we live in divided times. I understand that we have our different beliefs and belief systems. I understand all this. But at the core, okay, at the core of this, we're humans. And we have to take care of each other. That's what I believe we're all here for. Whatever religion, whatever belief system, whatever ideology you prescribe and subscribe to, it is of paramount importance that we are humans that we help each other out so ladies and gentlemen basically as we wrap up for the final time the sports portion of the Russell Wortham show I'm going to I'm going to plead okay I'm <laughs> Not on my knees or anything, but I'm going to plead with you, beg if I have to, every one of you, if you do not want to wear a mask, I cannot force you, but please, 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 social distance where and when you can wash your hands and if you touch a desk a chair a table a counter whatever wash it down and make sure that everything is spick and span as they say okay we can get through this pandemic together but you must do your job. I can't do this alone. Pick your favorite celebrity. They can't do this alone. Your favorite athlete. They can't do this alone. You can help all of us to get this pandemic gone. Finish it. <laughs> as, as it were. You can do that. But you have... You have to do this. Masks are are cumbersome to wear. No doubt. But... You wear a mask. You... Wash your hands. You socially distance. You wipe down surfaces. We can and will get this virus behind us. But if we do none of those things, this virus is not going anywhere. That means no sports. I mean, that's as blunt as I can make it. You do none of those things, no sports. I don't care how safe that they are. I don't care if they're in a bubble. I don't care <clears throat> if they do it remotely without fans. You're eventually it's just going to be no sports. And I'm not trying to I am not trying to fearmonger anybody. I'm simply laying out facts. We're not seeing college football in two-thirds of the country this year because they can't get their viral cases down. So please, I'm begging you, do your part. You want college football? 
You want college basketball? You want sports? Help me help you help all of us. Okay? It's very Jerry Maguire here. You know? Help me help you to help all of us. Do those things that I've asked you multiple times. Alright? Alright. Well, thank you for allowing me to to share uh, my thoughts on that. Right, so uh, coming up uh, is WWE and in our WWE section of the show today. We are going to be talking about Kyrie Sane. We're going to be talking about Raw Underground. We're going to be talking about uh, Otis from Heavy Machinery. And uh, we're going to be talking <clears throat> about uh, plans going forward for. WrestleMania coming up hopefully <laughs> next year in Los Angeles. Uh, I am efforting <clears throat> to uh, try and, and uh, catch up on uh, Raw, NXT, SmackDown. Uh, so hopefully next week I will have some thoughts uh, on Pat McAfee and Adam Cole, their whole uh, situation. So that's what I'm efforting for <clears throat> this next week. But uh, let's start off with the uh, situation <clears throat> with Raw Underground. Yeah, you know. I like the concept. I like the idea. I like the feel. It's gritty. It's 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 just well. It's it's raw. <laughs> you know. It's it's gritty. It's raw. It's it it feels underground. It feels like you know Fight Club. And you all by now should know the first rule of Fight Club. You don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> but in all seriousness, it it's a great concept. I love the concept. Here's the problem with it. You're only seeing like the last like little bit of, of a fight. You're you're only seeing like the last little bit of a fight. You know? And and, and so I I'm I'm looking at this and I'm thinking if you don't want to devote time to uh, Raw Underground on Raw, okay, on network television, here's the crazy idea. And I know this is going to drive away some people, but they need to have some sort of a simulcast type thing where <clears throat> they say, hey, if you want to watch Raw is in its um, entirety, then you watch it on your uh, local uh, cable provider, streaming service, whatever you want. If you want to watch Raw Underground, then... You go to WWE.com, you go to the WWE Network, and you can pretty much pick and choose. Because I love the idea of Raw Underground. I do. I absolutely adore it. I think it's it's a great idea. But it's just one of those things where it's just kind of like, eh, if I'm only seeing like 30 second bursts, it, it just, it doesn't feel, I don't know, it just, it, it's kind of like, I'm always seeing like a little bit of it, and I like what I see, but where is this going, you know, um, 
So there's there's that. Uh, along with Raw Underground is the uh, emergence of the group Retribution. And if you don't know what Retribution is, this is kind of uh, a cross between NWO from back in the mid to late 90s, the very, 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 very short-lived uh, The Union with, you know, the, the two-by-fours and, you know, it was kind of a, a gimmicky thing. But also the shield, so you you kind of you kind of wrap all those three things together, and that all works on some level. But I, there was a segment uh, that really just uh, it really just really made me cringe when I was watching uh, SmackDown last week, which was. Uh, members of Retribution coming out and they were uh, harassing you know the the uh, performance center crowd the wrestlers uh, that you know are all around the uh, the ring area and all that but there was one where uh, they, <clears throat> meaning retribution, uh, went to a woman. They cornered a woman, and nothing <clears throat> really happened. But you know, they were they were using threatening language at her, and, and it's just it, it it didn't look good. It was a bad look, especially in this day and age where we're dealing with uh, an increased awareness of sexual harassment, sexual assault. Uh, threatening language towards women. It's just, it didn't look good. It it just, it didn't look good. It was up until that point where I was like, you know what, I can get behind retribution. I, I don't know them. I don't, I don't think I know them. But I can get behind what they are doing. And I'm like, no, mm, no. I'm not, no, sorry. Uh, so there was... <clears throat> there was that. Uh, so, we'll see what happens with Retribution uh, in the coming uh, weeks and all that. Uh, moving right along with uh, things, you've got the uh, situation with Kyrie Sane. And Kyrie Sane was written out of um, the company, essentially, uh, getting uh, beat up by Bailey backstage and uh, costing Asuka the uh, Raw Women's Championship if she got disqualified in any way uh, or if she got counted out that Asuka would lose uh, the championship uh, to Sasha Banks. But, uh, so Kyrie Sane was was written out essentially because she is moving back to Japan. And I don't know as I blame her because that's what she wants to do for, you know, herself, for her family. Uh, she wants to, she wants to, uh, try to, you know, move forward, you know, with basically the rest of her life. It's sad because WWE doesn't really know, and I've said this on multiple occasions, WWE doesn't really know how to handle people from Japan. Uh, and it's sad because if you watch Can- uh, Kanan Chan... TV. If you watch Kana Chan TV, which is Asuka's uh, YouTube uh, YouTube channel, she speaks 
very well. She speaks English well. Shinsuke Nakamura speaks English well. Io Shirai speaks English well. But yet, and I don't know who's making these decisions, so I can't put this all on one person or another, and I'm not going to. But thinking, okay, well, you say that you want them to speak English. Okay, fair enough. But then they speak English, and you're like, oh, no, no, no. Now, now we need you to do this other thing. And, and it's like they keep throwing these hurdles in front of these poor people. And so it's no wonder that Kyrie Sane probably felt frustrated and thought, heck with it. I'm going back to Japan. I, you know, I, I've done what I thought I could do here in the United States. But I never got a fair shake. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm gone. And that's happened over and over and over, starting with the Jumping Bomb Angels back in the 1980s. And we've talked about them in Ignazium. Funaki, Tajiri, uh, you know, Kinzo Suzuki, Kairi Sane, Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, Io Shirai. list goes on and on and on and on. Akira Tozawa is a part of basically a comedy team now. I mean, he was he was uh, basically you know a heartbeat away from winning the cruiserweight championship in that incredible tournament, and. Now he's in some racist trope faction with faux ninjas. Are you kidding me with this? Battling for the 24-7 championship? Or as our truth would say, something along the lines of the 24-7, I-95 South championship. That's what Kara Tozawa is doing right now. Okay. Great. Why? So, to me, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. But I think you got to do what you got to do. So, there's that. Uh. Finally, <clears throat> with uh, the show this week, and, and again, I am I am so incredibly grateful. I am thankful for everybody who listens to this show. I am thankful to the people who have uh, reached out to me to uh, get me to keep going and keep doing this because I do love doing this on a weekly basis. Um, but before we wrap up for, for this week, be extremely, extremely remiss if I did not mention the passing this week of, uh, Kamala, uh, the wrestler Kamala. Um, it is very sad this guy was a uh, he was certainly a unique uh, talent he was very disarming you know uh, in his appearance in his presentation his gimmick all of that and uh, he really uh, he really showed that you know I he was one of the first agile big men. And when you talk about Keith Lee, and and he is, he is unlimited. But Kamala paved the way for a bigger wrestler to be 
that agile. You know, um, it really was amazing to watch. Um, to me, it's 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 sad that Kamala is is gone. Uh, he died at the age of seventy. Uh, he had health issues uh, towards the end of his life. Uh, I believe uh, diabetes. I believe that he had. Uh, I I I thought I heard that he had at least a foot, maybe maybe a leg, that was uh, amputated because of complications to uh, diabetes. I I I think I heard that uh, some years back. I'll have to check into that. But uh, the guy was just amazing. He was, again, he was an agile big man. He really was a colorful character, and um, so I I feel really bad for Kamala and and for his family. Um, and, and friends and all that. Uh, so, yeah, that was, that was a hard, that was, that was hard because I, I grew up watching Kamala, <laughs> you know, uh, so it was, that was really tough to, to see Kamala, um, you know, to see Kamala lose, uh, his, his, his life, uh, but a heck of a run. So, <clears throat> that's the show for uh, this week. I will be back next week. Again, it's going to be straight WWE slash wrestling here on out. <laughs> okay, for the rest of forever, that's where we're going with this show. Like I said, we're going to be talking about Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. We're going to be talking about the run-up to... Uh, NXT TakeOver 30 and uh, WWE's SummerSlam coming up uh, in a matter of weeks. Going to uh, also uh, debut a segment where I'm going to break down the uh, series Dark Side of the Ring and uh, it's it's amazing. It's stories that you know, but it's pers- uh, but it's perspectives that you didn't have a clue from. Uh, the one person, and and it won't be this next week. But when we get to Bruiser Brody, when we get to Bruiser Brody, oh my gosh, that was captivating uh, because of. One man, not gonna spoil it, it's a little bit of a teaser, but it's a man that you just didn't think was, you know, well, friends <laughs> with Bruiser Brody. Uh, but we will get to that. Don't you worry, we'll get to that. But uh, so that's what we're doing going forward. So, thank you again so much, and uh. As always, just like the Bills saying all of those many, many years ago, love is all you need. I will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>